It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Tuesday. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Tuesday, December 13th, 12 days till Christmas. I have done zero shopping. Zero. Now, I only have to buy for the wife. She takes care of everything else. I think I am going to go out and get my grandson just one special gift from Pop-Pop, and it certainly will be sports-related. Maybe a Nerf football. Maybe uh, he upgrades to the next level of Little Tyke's basketball goals. He's four now. Uh, He's tired of dunking on the smaller one, so it's time to challenge him a little bit. Twelve days, though, guys. Get out. Get your gifts. Get online. Do whatever you need to do. Amazon's great. My wife's simple. She's already bought things for herself. Put them aside for me to give her. That is the best gift I could get. I get her. Go. I get her a couple books. Maybe um, you know a spa day gift certificate, something like that. But don't forget. Get out. Get your Christmas shopping done. I still got a week before I worry about it. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. To join in on the conversation, 384-1450. I promise we will talk about sports. Thornton's text line is open as well, 502-414-1450. Right now you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit or a steak and egg burrito or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant along with any fountain drink, tea, fizz, freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Thornton's Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app, register for Refreshing Rewards, earn your free breakfast on Thornton's today, and hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Scott Davenport, head coach of the Bellarmine Knights, will join me in about 15 minutes. We'll talk about the Knights' season thus far, Atlantic Sun defending champions, the uh Conference schedule will start in about a week. They're now the hunted. They're no longer the hunter. They're the hunted. What makes that different? Was Coach Davenport bittersweet about the Knights' win at the Yum Center earlier in the year? And where was his favorite place to go this year on the road? They went to Clemson, Duke, Loyola, uh, UCLA, Kentucky, where was his favorite? What was his favorite arena? Moorhead State, maybe? I wouldn't bet on that one, but you never know. These coaches are bizarre. So we'll get to uh, Coach Davenport in a little while. Patriots 27, Cardinals 13 last night. Uh, it was a bad feel early because going down with a knee injury was Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray. Now, The Cardinals aren't going to make the playoffs. They weren't going to make the playoffs if Murray didn't get hurt, and they won last night. They're 4-9. and I don't know if if the coaching staff weathers this storm. Uh, Patriots are 7-6 and now. They're not officially – they're in the playoff hunt. But if the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs. They're 7-6. and That entire division would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. Buffalo, right now, first round by, number one seed in the AFC. 
Uh, New England, as the seventh seed, would play at Kansas City in the first round of the playoffs. Miami is the sixth seed. They would play at Baltimore. Actually, the Jets are out of the playoff hunt as we speak. They are just behind. I mean, they are just out of the playoffs. The Jets lost to Buffalo. They're now 7-6 and six as well, but New England owns the tiebreaker against the Jets. Miami would be at Baltimore. Cincinnati would be at Tennessee. Now, that would be revenge game number two for the Titans. They lost at home to the Bengals in the playoffs last year. They lost at home to the Bengals a couple of weeks ago. NFC, the Eagles are two games clear of the NFC top seed. They're going to be the NFC top seed at 12-1. and one. Minnesota right now is the two seed. That's precarious because they got beat by Detroit. They got humbled by Dallas a couple of weeks ago. San Francisco, probably the second-best team in the NFC, is only a game behind Minnesota, and they're charging. The Giants and, and Commanders and Cowboys, along with the Eagles, would all be in the playoffs as of today in the NFC. And the Cowboys at 10-3 and three would have to go to the champions of the NFC South. Right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are 6-7. and seven. A 10-3 and three team on the road to take on a 6-7 and seven team. Doesn't seem fair, but that's where we're at. So when Kyler Murray went down last night, and, and he went down on the third play of the game, looks like a torn ACL, uh, not official yet, but Arizona people are saying this would be surprising if it's not a torn ACL. Non-contact, didn't get hit, just went down. Again, we talk about these turfs, these uh, made-up fields, seem to be more injuries uh, this season than ever before. My first thought was prayers to Kyler Murray. My second thought was, what's this do to Lamar Jackson's contract? Because Lamar's still not under contract. He is still not under contract for next season. Now, the Ravens can franchise tag him, and I expect them to do that. He wants $230 million. He wants what Kyler Murray got. It was a crazy decision by the Cardinals at the time to give him that kind of money guaranteed. It looks even crazier now, but that's what Lamar Jackson feels like he deserves. He's an MVP. He's played very, very well when the people around him have been healthy. Last year, started off great. Teammates got hurt, had to do a lot of it himself. It didn't work out. Same thing this year. Rashad Bateman, one of his top receivers, gets hurt. Hollywood Brown leaves to go to the Cardinals. Now his offensive line is banged up. Now Lamar's banged up because they couldn't protect him. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, are you going to commit to a five-year contract somewhere in the 200 to $250 million range for Lamar Jackson? And I would say no. This is where having an agent could have helped Lamar Jackson. His mom, if you remember, is his agent. I don't know that that's ever worked out. You have to get a professional agent. I don't know what the deal is. You don't want to give 10% to an agent. You 
Fine, giving it to your mom. I don't know what the problem is. You got to have an agent. Had Lamar Jackson had an agent, he probably would be under contract right now for the next six or seven years with the Baltimore Ravens. But he's not. Now he's hurt. Kyler Murray's hurt. These quarterbacks are, all of a sudden, owners are saying, I don't know if I want to pay for that. I don't know if I want to pay the going rate. And what happens is quarterback A gets X amount of dollars. Quarterback B wants just a little bit more. Quarterback C, a little bit more than that. It's a domino effect. It's a domino effect. I've got to get a little bit more than the last guy got. That's how this works. My contract is up. You guys need to extend me. I've got one year left. You might want to extend me now. Maybe I give you a hometown break. But I want at least $1 more than the last guy got. And at some point, at some point, these owners are going to say, no mas. Not going to do it. Not going to handicap the franchise. The Rams went all in on Matthew Stafford, and they won a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl. They traded their number one pick to Detroit. They, got, they gave away Jared Goff, who's been okay in Detroit. But Detroit's going to get a top 10, maybe top five pick if the Rams lose a few more games in the upcoming draft. They've got a quarterback in Jared Goff who is serviceable. The Rams won a Super Bowl. They're never going to take that away from them. Matthew Stafford has had two concussions this year. He's out for the season. Baker Mayfield is now your quarterback in L.A. Cooper Cup is hurt. You've got no draft picks coming up next year. You have no first-rounders for several years down the line. And you have no cap space because you paid for Von Miller last year, and you paid for Aaron Donald to hang around, and you paid a lot of money for Matthew Stafford, who may or may not play again. Matthew Stafford is uh, long in the tooth for an NFL quarterback. He was in Detroit for a long time, took a beating, and now a couple of concussions. I've got my, I've got my uh, Super Bowl trophy. Maybe he goes off into the sunset. And now, if you're the Rams, Baker Mayfield's your quarterback. You don't have any other choice. Next year, the year after that, the year after that, you probably don't have any other choice. This couldn't have worked out better for Baker Mayfield, who was lost in Carolina, wasn't going to get to play, was uh, begging for a job, and all of a sudden, he asked to be put on waivers, and if you put the dots together here, it's pretty easy to understand that the Rams, somebody from the Rams got a hold of Baker Mayfield and said, hey, if, uh, if you're put on waivers, we will claim you. So why don't you go into the front office and ask to be put on waivers? He did. Carolina gladly agreed. We should have never brought you here in the first place. And he ends up exactly where? He knew he was going to go with the Rams. And he starts two days after he gets there, and he wins a game in the last two minutes on a 98-yard drive against the hapless Raiders. 
And now if you're the Rams, what has happened? You've given away all your draft picks. You've got your salary cap to the max. You have no room to bring in anybody else, and you're stuck with Baker Mayfield. Yes, you got a Super Bowl ring, a Super Bowl trophy, a title. Was it worth it? Will it be worth it for the next several years? That's the question. Because you had to have Matthew Stafford. And Jared Goff was probably not going to win you that Super Bowl. It's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. We see baseball teams do this all the time. The Marlins won two World Series and gutted the team because they ha- they couldn't afford to keep the team. Happens at every, every uh, major sport. Lakers, bring in LeBron, bring in Anthony Davis. They win a title in the bubble. Now they're terrible. They've got no capital. They've got no salary cap room. And they have nowhere to trade Anthony Davis. And they're going to continue to lose. Celtics-Lakers tonight, by the way. TNT, 10 o'clock. Just a, that's a, just a public service announcement from your biggest Celtic fan. Cowboys have signed T.Y. Hilton, former Indianapolis Colt wide receiver, to a contract for the rest of the year. The Bills have brought wide receiver Cole Beasley, who used to play for the Bills but was retired. They brought him out of retirement. They signed him. So two wide receivers got signed in the last two days. Nobody signed Odell Beckham Jr. Imagine that. Nobody signed OBJ. OBJ put on social media yesterday, I don't think I need to play in the regular season. He worked out for the Cowboys. And Jerry Jones, who will take anybody, we know that from the past, Greg Hardy, anybody else that could help them win, passed on Odell Beckham Jr. He passed on OBJ for T.Y. Hilton. That tells you all you need to know. And what you need to know is OBJ had his second torn ACL in the Super Bowl, and this is now December. He is not ready to play. He's worked out for a couple of teams, the Giants being one of them, and nobody's signing him. So now what's he do? He goes on social media and says, hey, I don't want to play in the regular season anyway. No reason for it. I'm a playoff wide receiver. Will somebody take a shot with OBJ? Because he wants $10 bucks, man. He wants $10 million to play in a couple of playoff games. Maybe one if you lose. These owners, Jerry Jones is the most the foolish of them all. The most foolish of them all usually when it comes to evaluating talent and signing guys, drafting guys that he shouldn't. Remember, he wanted Johnny Manziel and had to be talked out of it. He doesn't even want OBJ. I'd be surprised if he finds a team. All right, we'll talk about the passing of Mike Leach, Mississippi State quarterback, Purdue. Football has a new head coach. One of my favorite movies premiered 37 years ago today. We'll talk about that as well. But after the break, head coach Scott Davenport of Bellarmine will join me listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.
Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears, his studio. Thornton's text line's open, 414-1450, 502-414-1450. Get your text into the show at that number. This reminder, no show tomorrow. I'm going to my grandson's, uh, my four-year-old grandson's Christmas uh, program. Very excited. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. You know, they tell him to sing, and they just run at their parents and grandparents. They're, he's I know him. He's not singing. He's not listening to anybody. Pop-Pop and Grandma are here. That's it. Let's go. Where are the cookies? All right, let's go to the M&M Cartage Hotline, bring in the head coach of the Bellarmine Knights, Scott Davenport. Coach, how are you today? I can relate. <laughs> I can relate with a four-year-old named Ren Elizabeth, believe me. You don't miss any I of those things, relate. right? You don't miss any of them. Well, I do miss way too many, but she uh, she might be the biggest cheerleader in Freedom Hall. You, she knows. It feels like after every game at Freedom Hall, I see her in your arms. She wants to do the radio post game. <laughs> she's got it figured out. She goes, and then we race across the court. No, she's got it figured out. Full introduction: Head Coach Bellerman Knights Scott Davenport. Big win over Murray State Saturday. Uh, I, listen, I could, we could talk grandkids for 15 minutes if you want, but I, I really do have some questions I need to ask you. No, it was a huge win, John. Uh, the crowd was super. We yeah, had unbelievable. You know, we started filing. Our last day of class was Wednesday, and then we started filing exams on Friday. A very hectic time, but an incredible poised performance for 40 minutes against a team that was 31-3 and three last year now. Yeah, that program, and I understand Coach McMahon left and all that, but Coach Palm was there and, and was instrumental in, in that team going thirty-one and three. Believe me, when he was building that program, so a big-time quality win last Saturday, and now again we're we're actually practicing as we speak to get through this, and then we take a host Miami, uh, Ohio, on Saturday at four. How long do these guys get off uh, this week because of finals? How, how What's practice like on finals week? You know, we were off Sunday. And then yesterday uh, we practiced yesterday late. And we had film, practice film. Today we went at 11. And then we're going to finish today. And we've got guys who have finals starting at, at 2 and some at 6.30. Won't be over till or six. Won't be over till nine or nine thirty. Tomorrow, we will do groups of individual instruction in the morning at nine, nine forty-five, and then another group at three. Uh, and it'll be just totally individual instruction groups because tomorrow's a very, very hectic day. Then Thursday's our last day of finals. But now tomorrow night we will open the locker room at seven o'clock because Miami Ohio will be going to the University of Cincinnati. So what we'll do, we will have food in here, and we will have, you know, it's, it'll be kind of a place. To, yeah, we want they want to watch the game. It's our future opponent. But it's coming from a final, maybe study group, whatever. We'll have food, everything, in this incredible locker room to watch that game. And then we'll go back on our regular schedule. Thursday night, our next practice Thursday night, finals will be over. <laughs> and then Friday we'll have individuals out at Freedom Hall and practice here at Knights Hall Friday afternoon, film. Uh, then we're going to have a little team meal. We'll be on the road recruiting. And then our walkthrough pregame meal and, and uh, 4 o'clock tip Saturday. All right, this past Saturday, 
A 16-0 run by Murray cuts it to a two-point game. Your team did not blink. It, uh, it, it. What's that say about your team? What do you love about this team? Doing what we we have three goals: do what we're taught, be the most together, and play the hardest. And, and you know, there's going to there's runs in the game of basketball, but we kept great poise. And if you really go back and watch the film, John, our execution with the game on the line was spot on. I mean, nobody that that win was earned. You, you're not just going to go out and beat uh, and, and a, a quality team like Murray. Just, just they're not going to quit. Uh, really, really proud of the guys. But probably the highlight after the game, the, the, this what the good of basketball from a young man that we brought into our program in June. Seth uh, had life battles with cancer he turned yeah. eight last week so we had a birthday cake in the locker room for Seth we had former players we had supporters we had boosters uh, we had just general alumni you name it in that locker room after the game uh, and those players were so appreciative and they literally thanked each and every person uh, and just a special special night in Freedom Hall because of the quality of the opponent and you keep don't keep and don't forget these kids have been through the gauntlet of Louisville, Duke, yeah, Clemson, Loyola Marymount, UCLA, Kentucky, uh, and to see them celebrate each other was a special day. You you mentioned Louisville. How bittersweet was that game for you? Well, you know, every opponent when the game starts to become a nameless opponent. You don't coach any different because, oh, that's Louisville or that's UCLA or that's Kentucky. You coach the game the way we do. There's based on a right way and a wrong way to play the game. And, again, play the hardest, be the most together, and do what you're taught. Uh, the opponent, when the game starts, honestly, becomes faceless, nameless. Yeah. They just do. Uh, it, it. I was happy because I saw our players – Celebrate, and anytime I can step back, I don't care if it's walk across a grade, uh, a, a stage, and get a degree. I don't care. Last June on a Saturday, we had a wedding, and the following Friday, we had a wedding. Both former players had five teammates in their wedding. Um, th- those are the things that, when you build a program, and, and I know the word culture is used a lot. I'm not being argumentative. I'm just being honest. A program to me. And this staff means we have a plan. That plan encompasses everything academically, athletically, and socially. And to see it to come together in, a, in, in one of the most tradition-rich programs, Louisville, in the Young Center, yeah, that's special. Talking to head coach Scott Davenport of the Bellarmine Knights, you mentioned all those places you went. What was your favorite uh, road venue so far this year? Well, what was special, and, and we are proud of this, like, for example, as we went into Clemson, we had them study and learn about the whole Clemson, not just the football tradition, yeah. but what it really what it really means. And then you go into Cameron, and you go, you look at those banners, and you research Coach K. Not the Coach K that we know, you know, on all the accolades. Let's look at his first three years, how tough it was when he started at Duke. And his background of playing at West Point under Coach Knight. And we've got eight kids on our team from Indiana. Then we go to UCLA, and we we researched our first 
we had an individual instruction on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving was in the first gym that from 1948 to 1965 Coach Wooden practiced in. They have preserved his original chalkboard. And I don't mean a whiteboard, a chalkboard. <laughs> and, and so we studied Coach Wood and the pyramid success and, and all the, the championships from, you know, 65 to 74. We went through it all. And, or 62 to 74, I'm sorry. Yeah. We went through it all. We went through it all. And then we go to, we go to Rupp Arena. How many of our players even knew who Rupp, Adolph Rupp was? We know. So we researched, we researched <laughs> Adolph Rupp. They knew John Calipari came from Memphis to, to Kentucky. Did they know he was an NBA head coach? So I, I think you take an opportunity to learn a lot, you know, not just in a classroom, a lot outside. Uh, I had him research Coach Crump. You know, this is the things you should be teaching uh, to carry on the traditions of the game we love so much. Absolutely. You've got a uh, Mac team coming in on Saturday. It's camper night, right? Tell me, yes. about, tell me about camper night, 4 o'clock uh, tip-off. We did just under 1,000 7- to 12-year-old campers last summer, and they're all invited. Their families can get in for $5 a ticket, and the response has been incredible. We, we want them wearing their camp shirts, so they'll all be repping uh, Bellarmine basketball. And it, it's, uh, you know, it's an opportunity because – Campus is closed. Everybody leaves campus on Thursday because it's in the final exams. So we're going to take an opportunity to bring in the next wave of Bellarmine students and, and student athletes, no matter what they play. So, you know, it's a family time. And I think the game of basketball, college basketball, in this community brings people together better than anything. We see it happen over and over and over again. You've got uh, a couple more non-conference games. How do you think it's going to feel? You're going to be the hunted this year. Instead of the hunter, you're the defending champs. Everybody's going to be out to be Bellarmine. Does that uh, does that come into your thinking when you're preparing for games? Well, in the two polls, we were picked fifth and sixth, so obviously <laughs> not many people think so. And, and by the way, thank you for picking us fifth and sixth. Thank you. Uh, I, I had uh, I, I can't reveal my vote, Coach. You know that. That's okay. I can't do that. But okay. but fifth and sixth, we you're still the defending fight. champions. You still got the trophy. I mean. People are going to yes, be coming after the Knights, um, and I'm sure your guys are excited about that challenge. Well, the game still comes down to execution. Um, you know, what this program has done has never been done in the history of college basketball. No transitioning team had ever won an automatic qualifying berth, and we did. And that can never be taken away. And now the challenge is you continue to build and build and build. We signed yeah. two phenomenal prospects last November. Grant Whitaker from Murray, A.J. Lux from up in Crown Point. Uh, and, you know, when that people ask me, John, how does it happen? How did you win a conference tournament championship that nobody, and since the year 2000, to give you a number, 39 schools have transitioned in the last 22 years. Nobody had ever done it. Well, the, I, could, I can go through all the X's and O's and all that. But here's how. The greatest recruiters in this program are players. If you've got a radio team, producers, on-air talent, salespeople, and, and if they're phenomenal people, great at what they do, other people want to join that team. The same in the medical profession or in the legal profession, in the business world. And the greatest recruiters in this program are players. I mean, because other great players say, boy, I want to play with that guy. I want to play with Justin Betts. Yeah. You know, I, I want to play 
with Garrett Tipton. I want to play with Alec Frank, Mr. Basketball, Ben Johnson. I want to play with that guy. That's, that's it. That's how it's done. Uh, you've overcome a couple injuries this year. Also, uh, you talked about bringing guys in. Peter Suter, um, he's been really good. Uh, you got some quality minutes out of uh, Jalen Fairman the other night as well. You're freshman. You know, it's just a continuation, right? Pete Suter wins a state championship in the state of Indiana as yeah. a freshman at 4A and starts. Now, that is not done in the state of Indiana. Colbert, as a sophomore, his junior year, he wins it again. I mean, he is he is playing severely banged up with a thumb. If that's John Spears, we set you down for six weeks and you get better. But in you know college basketball, he gets beat on every day. We're trying to take him out of certain drills to less the impact on the thumb. John, you mentioned injuries. Never in my life. Last Friday, the 9th of December, Bash Whelan, our most improved player, had surgery on his wrist. He got knocked down in the Kentucky game. Totally in burden, broke his wrist. Two mm. two screws were put in last Friday. This Friday, Nick Thielen and Zach Jennings are having surgery on a knee and a shoulder. On the 16th, Drew Comer, a senior, is having surgery on his hip. That's 12 days, four surgeries. I've never in my life been through anything like this. We have 17 on our roster, and we have 11 going today. Crazy. Talking to head coach Scott Davenport of the Bellarmine Knights. Uh, I know you talk about this all the time. You're probably sick of talking about not getting to the, being allowed to play in the NCAA tournament. But you had to be emotionally uh, uplifted, I would use the word, when John Calipari, Mick Cronin, these coaches that you play against get on the mic, and they don't, they don't talk about beating Bellarmine. They talk about why is Bellarmine not in the thing. The rule has to be changed. That has to make you feel good. Well, it is nothing, it never has, and it never will have one thing to do with Scott Devonport. This is about these young men. And, and a lot of critics come back at me and they say, you knew what you were getting into, you knew what you were <laughs> up for. Well, that was two years ago. There's been more changes in two years in the history of college athletics than, than will ever, have ever happened and will probably ever happen again. And we got players playing three schools in three years and they've never missed a possession because of waivers and, and the transfer portal. And, it, oh, well, we'll let him go play. And, and all I'm asking is someone look my players in the eye and explain why. Why are they treated differently? That not one of these players had anything to do with this decision. And in being fair, they should be allowed the opportunity. If you want to punish Bellarmine or the adults, the, the, the amount of that, they, that you must commit financially from 2012 to 2022 has more than tripled, which to me shows the school is sincere about their commitment. Don't punish the players. Now, last week, just last week, we saw the NCAA make more rule changes. They make rule changes with, through emergency legislation constantly. They yeah. do anything they want to do. And all I'm asking, care about my players and let them earn the opportunity. I'm going to assume you've never gotten an answer from the NCAA one way or the other. Is that fair? No. No. Mm. They voted no on a waiver that we applied for in June. I have fought since June. And, And you say, you know, Coach, I'm so sick and tired of hearing you gripe about it. Well, 
John, you know me well. You've seen me coach for a long time. Three minutes to go in a game, and we're down four, and a team quit on me. What would that locker room be like? Yeah, not good. It'd be, it'd be pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I can't quit on them. If I'm going to teach them not to quit, I can't quit on them. And I'm not going to. You know, I, I, Jay Billis, Dick Vitale, you mentioned John Calipari, Mick Cronin, everybody. One of the strongest voices has been Matt Painter, Bob Huggins. And, you know, they can do anything they wanted to. Yeah. They've changed rules constantly. Last week, the, tr- the two weeks ago at the end of football, that tragedy occurred at, at the University of Virginia. Last week, the NCAA awarded every last year player another year of eligibility because they missed two games. One player is playing in his seventh year. He had a redshirt year, a COVID year, and four years of competition. He's going to play in his seventh year. So what does that tell you? They can do whatever they want to do. Why don't they care about my players like that? I understand, Coach. I hear you. Let's end with this. Um, last year, and I know you hate to go hate revisionist history, I go back to that championship game, and as I'm walking around after the game, and you know the court was full of well-wishers, you couldn't walk. Uh, you personally couldn't walk a foot and a half without somebody grabbing you and saying congratulations. I saw you at one point just walking around by yourself. It reminded me of Jim Valvano, just kind of looking around and taking it all in. What was that 15 minutes after the game like for you, John? My biggest thrill in coaching has been what what I call what I term emotional paychecks. If it's when we won the national championship in 2011, yep. if you go back and watch the film at Dunlop, I shook Coach Wagner's hand from BYU-Hawaii, and if you watch closely, I vanished. I wanted to stand as far away as possible to watch, watch those players. That's an emotional paycheck for me. Well, I wanted to do that in Freedom Hall, but everybody stormed the court. So I, could, <laughs> I couldn't see them till till they got up on the ladder to cut the nets down. Then I could go to the other end because I could see them because they were above the uh, above everyone who stormed the court. Yeah, and I wanted to embrace that. And, and that night, you know, the game was five o'clock tip. It was over like seven o'clock. I went to Shenanigans Barn Grill right here on campus, right by campus, and I and I I handed the owner a thousand dollars. I said, "This is for everybody that's here. I want to thank them." He said, "Get a microphone and thank them." And I did. <laughs> So now there, it's seven o'clock, you know, eight o'clock on a spring night on a Tuesday night, first week of March. So I'm leaving, and and the the, the demographic was from eighteen year old college students. There was gentlemen much older than I was, and a gentleman came up to me, and he's in tears. He's older than I am. He said, "Coach, can I thank you? I never in my life did have I experienced." I looked down, and he had one of the championship T-shirts on. The last thing I did upon leaving Freedom Hall, I changed clothes in my office, and I asked our, our associate commissioner, John Roberts, I said, Mr. Roberts, can I have a championship hat and a shirt? He said, well, coach, they're all gone, but we can order some more through the vendor. I said, okay, please do. But I get to shenanigans, and this guy stormed the court. He had on one of his shirts. I didn't have one. I love it. So I get to the door, and another gentleman comes up to me. He's older than the first one. He said, Coach, will you do me a favor and sign a ball? I said, I'd be honored. We walked over in the corner. He hands me a Sharpie. I grabbed the ball. Somebody said something. I'm, thank you. I look. I go down and sign the ball. And it's got the A-Sun logo. 
He had taken it off the rack oh my. of the court and free the ball, and he walked out with the ball. Nobody said anything. And then he had the nerve to ask you to sign it. Well, but the demographic, <laughs> what, what is the lesson? Look how college athletics brought people together. There was college students from 18 to, to people in their 80s, and they were all enjoying each other. And that will that will resonate with me until I take my last breath on this earth. And that's why every single day I get to go to work, not I have to go to work. And there's a big difference. Coach, good luck Saturday against uh, the uh, Red Hawks. I will see you there. Everybody um, do me a favor. Yeah. Bring, come to the game and bring about 10 of your best friends with you. It's a $5 great, ticket. It's a great product and a great atmosphere. I love going to the games. Thank you, Coach, and uh, happy holidays to you. Thank you, John. Everybody stay safe. Thank you. Scott Davenport, head coach of the Bellarmine Knights. We'll take a break. Come back with the final segment today. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment of the day. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 502-384-1450. Or you can hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. That's 414-1450. Texter says, Phil Mushnick of the New York Post mentioned Bellarmine uh, last week or this week, called them the Bellarmine Bullies after they ran up ran up the score. Now, this is the texter saying that, against Alice Lloyd. All right. Hey, I'd rather be the Bellarmine Bullies than the team that doesn't win any games. Now, that was not bully ball. He had uh, the end of the bench <laughs> in that game for a long time. Um. Mike Leach passed away last night, 61 years old, head coach of Mississippi State football. He had a massive heart episode uh, overnight, Saturday night into Sunday morning, was airlifted to Jackson, Mississippi, to the uh, University of Mississippi Medical Center. Uh, Never regained consciousness. Uh, Mississippi State is slated to play Illinois on January 2nd in the ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa. Mike Leach was great for college football. He was great for sports in general. He was great for Twitter. Um, I followed Mike Leach on Twitter because you never knew what you were going to see. Whether he was talking about his favorite Halloween candy, whether he was giving advice to guys who were getting ready to get married. I remember he told a guy one time, if you go on a date with a girl, order a steak for her. And if she eats the whole thing, marry her. That's it. That was his advice. Um, he was 158 and 107 in 21 seasons at Texas Tech, Washington State, Mississippi State. And if you don't remember, you're not old enough to remember, he was an assistant offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach under Hal Mummy at Kentucky from 1997 and 1998. He was there in the Tim Couch era at Kentucky. Just sad news from uh, Mississippi, from uh, Starkville as Mike Leach passes away due to heart condition, heart attack at the age of 61. Chris Beard, Texas head men's basketball coach, suspended indefinitely by the university after he was arrested a couple nights ago on a third-degree felony domestic issue, domestic uh, abuse issue, where he allegedly choked a woman 
for at least five seconds. Now, he was released on bond. Uh, the woman is not wanting to press charges. Texas, by the way, did play last night. They ranked seventh in the country, and it took uh, overtime for them to beat Rice. They were 24.5-point favorites last night, but they beat Rice 87-81 in overtime. You have to think that perhaps their coach getting arrested the night before might have affected their play uh, a little bit, at least in some way. But Chris Beard suspended indefinitely. Look, if this is true, if it's even close to true, I don't think you can have Chris Beard back as your head coach. Took Texas Tech to the national championship game where they lost to Virginia a couple of years ago. It was his dream job, he said, when he took the job, left Texas Tech, took the job at Texas. It was his dream job. Uh, He succeeded Shaka Smart there. It is a nightmare job now because I don't see how you can possibly bring him back. All right, 37 years ago today, as you know, this show is not all about sports. It was 37 years ago today that one of my favorite movies came out. Six guests are anonymously invited to a strange mansion for dinner, but after their host is killed, they must cooperate with the staff to identify the murderer as the bodies pile up. It is based on the Parker Brothers game, Clue. If you haven't seen Clue, I don't know what to tell you other than you need to see Clue. Tim Curry, the late Tim Curry, as Wadsworth the butler. Each character from the board game is brought to life by an incredible cast. Eileen Brennan, the late Eileen Brennan, as Mrs. Peacock. The late, great Madeline Kahn as Mrs. White. Christopher Lloyd as Professor Plum. Michael McKean was Mr. Green. Martin Mull as Colonel Mustard. Leslie Ann Warren as Miss Scarlet. Uh, hilarity ensues. Colleen Camp is in this, Bill Henderson, Jane Wheedlin from uh, the, the, the uh, Go-Go's is in this movie as well. It's, uh, it's only an hour and a half long or so. Let me check to make sure. Yeah, it's an hour and a half long-ish, 7.2 on IMDb. I've seen this movie probably 20 times. It gets better every time you see it. I'm not going to tell you who did it. There are three different endings. This this was one of those movies where when they put it in theaters, it didn't do great. But they they had different endings in different theaters. There were three separate endings to this movie. And depending on you know which theater you went to, that depended on which ending you got. Now, if you watch it today on... On demand or uh, direct TV or if you if remember DVDs or Blu-rays, if you got one of those, all three endings are shown. And it is, it's glorious. It is one of the best movies. 1985, 37 years ago today, The Addams Family. No, not The Addams Family. I'm reading here while I'm trying to do this. Clue came out in theaters, and it was great. All right, Joe Lenardi's got his bracketology out. I think it's too early. It's obviously too early uh, because uh, it's December, and we're not even into conference play. But Purdue, who's number one in the country, is also number one overall seed. They replace Houston after Houston's loss uh, to Alabama this past week. By the way, great game tonight. 
Alabama hosting Memphis tonight. Memphis is 8-2, and two, unranked. Alabama 8-1 and one coming off that win over Houston. This game is in Tuscaloosa, 9 o'clock on ESPN2. Alabama is a 6.5-point favorite in that one. Back to bracketology, Purdue is number one overall seed, and they are slated to play in the South Regional, which, by the way, is in the Yum Center this year. Uh, so I'll be there. I want to see who Joe Lenardi's got in Louisville right now. Purdue is the one. Tennessee is the two. Uh, Baylor the three. UCLA the four. Auburn five. Virginia Tech six. So uh, that's fun. That's a fun little regional there. Hopefully maybe uh, Western Kentucky can somehow win their conference. Conference USA and slide in. Number one seed in the West, Alabama. Listed, by the way, as an automatic qualifier because if you're the number one seed, then you're expected to win your conference. Number one in the East, Connecticut, and number one in the West, Virginia. Kentucky, by the way, if you're wondering, and they love to do this, number four in the East, that is uh, the Yukon Regional, which is in New York City, by the way. I'm thinking it's at Barclays, but it could be at Madison Square Garden. I'm guessing it's at the Barclays Center. UConn, the number one seed, Kansas two, Duke three, Kentucky four. Yep, let's put them all in the same region. Why not? Kentucky, Duke, and Kansas, let's put them all in the same region. That'll be fun. Uh, Kentucky's number five there is Maryland. Uh, Indiana, if you're wondering, number four in the Midwest, that's the Kansas City Regional. Virginia one, Houston two, Arkansas three, Indiana four. All right, I like that. And if you're Hoosier fan, Kansas City, here we come. Um, first four out, Penn State, Rutgers, Florida Atlantic, and Ole Miss. There you go. I know it's early. I know it doesn't mean it. Last four in, Kansas State, UNLV, Oklahoma, New Mexico. Michigan, by the way, slated out as we speak. NC State, out as we speak. LSU, out. As we speak. Now, this is not official. Doesn't mean a whole lot. But, man, isn't it fun to look at. It's kind of like the uh, NFL playoff picture. It's there. I mean, we kind of uh, can see who's probably going to be in. But we're not 100% sure. Buffalo's going to get in. Kansas City's going to get in. The Eagles are going to get in. Minnesota's going to get in. After that, I mean, the Bengals are 9-4. and four. Bengals have won 7 out of 8 here. 7 out of 8. They're 9-4, and four, and they're going to have to go on the road and play at Tennessee. Dallas is 10-3. and three. They're going to have to go on the road. Bengals-Ravens are both 9-4, and four, but the Ravens beat the Bengals in their only matchup. They're going to play again. So Bengals keep playing. I love what I'm seeing out of the Bengals right now because they won games without Jamar Chase. They won games without Joe Mixon. They won without some receivers this past weekend. They're getting better. Joe Burrow's getting better. The defense is getting better, and their stars are coming back. No show tomorrow. St. X basketball tomorrow night, 7 o'clock against John Harden. I'll be back Thursday listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. WXVW Jeffersonville.